Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I am so happy to be doing this with Denise Klein. She is an educator, a team leader with EXP Realty. She's also, and how I know her, she's a senior coach with Workman Success System. She's in Las Vegas, uh, Nevada. So welcome, Denise. It's so nice to have you here today. Hey, Cleve Gladys, it is awesome to be here. I am super excited. You know, one of the things that is always great when you join one of these is I'm hanging out with you. We are definitely going to have some fun and learn some things. Ooh, so my question for you is, can you actually please try to bring some energy to this presentation? I'm always a little nervous. Your energy level is so low. Can you pick it up for me on this presentation? You know, I'm going to try. Like, awesome. I want to be able to do it again. And I've heard if I'm not a little bit more energetic, I might not be able to come back. So I'm going to bring some fun, some energy. Let's do that, Cleve. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. I've got some real pictures. These are our faux professional pictures. These are how we look when we want the world to think we're very professional. But here are our real pictures. Yes. What were you, Denise? You are a... Little Red Riding Hood. Ooh, yeah, Little Red Riding Hood. I like that. Which actually hired me to list and sell the cottage. So all turned out well for my grandmother. Nice, 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 nice. And I am Jafar from the movie Aladdin. And you guys can all see that I have my beautiful uh, Jasmine right there next to me, who happens to be Tammy Slay, who is, uh, is my lady friend. And so we all like to have some fun. I want to go in and ask you a quick question and I want everybody to post in the chat. Oh my gosh, we got such a great group here. I want everybody to post in the chat. When I talk about the business being tough right now today, I don't mean I want us to be stuck in the fact that the business is tough and not do anything about it. I want us to do things to change the future. But on a scale of one to 10, with one being, oh my gosh, I'm kind of negative right now about the market. I'm a little bit nervous. And 10 being, I am so confident. I am ready to rock and roll. Go to the chat box and rate yourself. How do you feel about the business today? Not the future of the business, not the past. How do you feel about it today? Post on a scale of one to 10. We've got some 10s, 5s, 7s. Eight, five, eight, nine, five. I love that. And I love those of you who are willing to post the number five. Yeah. Because Denise, as salespeople, we can't really show people our true colors very often because in many cases, they're dealing with a situation that might be scary for them. And we've got to make sure they understand we have the confidence to get it done. And so we constantly have to be performing. Am I right? Yeah, you know, I think it's one of those things that it's in a lot of areas of life. And so it's when we are, uh, we rise up, right? So if I have fear about something that's going to happen, I don't go down to my customers. I rise up to my broker. I rise up to my team leader. I rise up to my coach. And so in these environments where we can come in and be authentic and vulnerable about what's really happening, then we can solve for things and reach back out to those client, clients with a better confidence. But we got to first start by telling the truth. And it's not easy to do. I saw a four roll through there. And to be honest with you, 
I would say I generally keep a good positive attitude about what's happening in the world. But the reality is, is anytime we start to go into some type of market shift, like when we went into the beginning of the pandemic, it takes me about two or three days to get my mind straight. And so I would say I'm probably not even a four when it first starts to happen. I'm probably a three or two, meaning I'm going, oh, no, what is going to happen here? What are we going to do to move this business forward? But then we go to work providing solutions for people who need solutions. I want you to go back to the chat box again, if you will. And J Jennifer Gregory, I am talking directly to you. You'll go to your chat box, and I want you to put again on that scale of one to 10, one being, oh, I'm very negative, I'm very pessimistic, 10 being I feel like everything in the world is perfect. I want you to give a ranking for the average real estate consumer in today's market. Where do you think they are on a scale of one to 10? Uh, two, two, five, two, three, two, two. Four, two, five, three. These numbers are all low. I have, I've only seen one above five. I've only seen one above five. Three seems to be the most common number. So, Denise, if we are at average a five, and I would say that the numbers that came across, we were fives on a scale of one to 10, and the average consumer is a three, then who is responsible for making sure? that everybody who wants to sell or wants to buy, who might feel stuck, sees an option or a pathway for moving forward? It's 100% me. And so from a responsible point of view, it's really easy to go to victim mode, right? A look at what the market is doing to me. And so I have to build a business in the good times that will thrive when that uh, when the market transitions, most of the people on this call, we know well over 75% haven't seen the transition, haven't seen the shift. So it would make sense that they would feel um, that five. And the consumers, Cleve, they're listening to the media. They're listening to a third party. So it's not confusing why they feel that way. So it's critical between our franchises and between our brokers and between our team leaders that we're putting people around us that we can rise together. Yeah. And you know, Denise, as the number three was rolling by on the screen, I'm thinking the reality is as many consumers might be a negative three. Uh, Brett, Brett and Marie, can you unmute for just a second? Brett and Marie, look at that. He was checking his watch. I called him right in the middle. <laughs> How are you? How are you? So I got a question for you. If we on average are a five and the average consumer is a three, how much help can we actually give them unless we get our minds up to a nine or a 10? Not much. Um, I mean, you, so I personally feel, I, I don't agree with a lot of these numbers. Um, I do think that I would say our, I, I would put ours to be higher than this. Okay. Um, but I also know that the way that we approach our clients is with heavy amounts of education. Yeah. And when you're able to be such a strong and powerful resource of the facts about your local market and be, and be hyper-focused on your market versus what the media and news outlets say, yeah. your confidence, it just, it just bursts out of the consumer when you're able to really educate them. And I would, I would not agree. I don't, I would not, I'm not have the same experience with the, these low numbers. So don't, don't worry about that because remember, it's not about those numbers being right. It's about something different. And it's about us understanding that it is possible that that's where consumers are mentally 
and meeting them where they are and then leading them somewhere else. And so you and I are saying the exact same thing. You're saying to me, Cleve, I'm going to keep a good attitude and I'm going to influence people positively and I'm going to have success during the market. And I hope everybody on this webinar does. But the one thing we've got to make sure we understand is we have to meet them where they are. So we have to acknowledge how they feel about things, even if we disagree, so that they will know that we connect with them on something. Because the reality is, Brett, if you understand how scared I am about putting my home on the market and moving because I've got to go up in interest rates and you acknowledge that it's okay for me to feel that way. And then you show me a way to move forward anyway. Now we've got something going on. Denise, I want to jump into a quick subject. You and I had a conversation and this was on a totally separate subject. This was a couple of weeks ago and you talked about a unique selling proposition or someone's USP. Can we talk about that for just a second? I want to pull up this slide. First of all, tell everybody what a USP is. What is what is a USP? What does that mean? So a unique selling proposition is actually a lead generation opportunity, right? When I have defined who I am as a real estate professional and the value that I give uh, to the marketplace, then I can use that as an opportunity for lead generation. Now, of course, whenever we're working with someone and we're talking with them, it's mindset first. So where a unique selling proposition is lost sometimes is in our own mind. We haven't established what's our value. And so when someone says something like, hey, why should I hire a real estate um, because we haven't identified it in writing, remember, if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist, and we haven't practiced it over time, I don't believe that I bring value to the conversation. So this unique selling proposition first starts in my own mind. And as an industry, we have the opportunity to then use that to give uh, evidence and proof and value to consumers that hiring a real estate agent is the most important decision they could possibly make. So it is to actually put in writing, to spend time to identify what is our value. And we think about that, first of all, as an industry, then as our franchise, then as our brokerage, and whether you're an independent agent or on a team, we all have a team. So we start to break down these unique things that we offer that bring value to the people that will hire us. So do you think, Denise, that when I was talking to Brett a few minutes ago, do you think that he believes he has a USP? And could it be that's what he was talking about is I'm going to bring a different flavor to the table than other people will during today's market? Yeah, if you notice that conversation with Brett, he had one thing. He had certainty with a hundred percent. He knew who he was and he was willing to stand with himself and with his clients. And so it's that beingness. And I would imagine if I, uh, Brett leaned into you and said, what is your value proposition? You would be able to articulate that clearly and concisely and certainly give a consumer confidence. So he and I have never rehearsed anything about his value proposition, but the reality is what I heard him say is whether or not it makes sense for you to move forward is up to you, making sure you know all of the facts and all of the options you have in front of you to be able to do that. That's up to me. 100%. Now, now let's be honest. Anybody can do that, meaning everybody on this webinar today, everybody is capable of doing that. 
doing that and communicating that to other people are two different things. They are, two, they are two different things. So we need to be thinking about what we bring to the table. Now, is it okay, Denise, if we switch gears just a little bit and talk about lead generation? How many of you here feel like you are subject to someone else or another entity when it comes to lead generation? Raise your hand. How many feel like you're subject to something outside of your control when it comes to lead generation? Cindy Silva, I don't see you raising your hand. Does that mean you're in control of your lead generation? And I don't mean to pick on you, by the way. It might have been that I'm so boring you didn't want to pay attention. <laughs> no, that is not it. Um, I am going, to, I'm not raising my hand or neither one because yeah. I have not been doing lead generation for the past two years because it's just been one house after another after another where I'm having to go back two years in my business and do what I've always used to be doing. Oh, that sounds like a story that might be quite common that we haven't had to be in the lead generation business. One of the workman key metrics is that you should produce six to eight leads per listing per month. Denise, how many leads per listing per month do you think the average team produces? Mm, I'm going to say there is a percentage of the market is zero. A percentage of our agents don't do any. And then there would be a percentage that would move to that one and two. And very few have systems in place that will generate those six to eight listings. So the majority of people, I really think they're not generating any. If it happens to pop up that popcorn real estate, that's great. But there's nothing in their system that creates a predictable flow of leads, which causes uh, a problem for us when we transition and shift into this new market. Absolutely. Dylan McLeod, will you unmute yourself for a second? Yeah, brother. So what do you think the problem is when real estate professionals who are perfectly capable of generating their own leads, what do you think causes them not to generate leads? Scarce mindset. So talk to me about that. That's interesting. Uh, I think most people don't want to go out and get their own business or spend the time doing it if they don't think they're going to get it. That okay. Okay. How many of you who agree with that? Give me a thumbs up if you agree with what Dylan just said. Give me a thumbs up. Don't be shy. We got a couple, two or three. Okay. Who else got? So I think somebody named Ben raised their hand. I don't see Ben uh, on here, so I don't know if he can be unmuted so that he can talk, but if we can get him unmuted. So Dylan, what if I said to you, that the reason most of us as real estate professionals do not generate enough leads is because we don't understand the exchange of value that is supposed to take place in generating a lead. Sure. Do you so, mean by lead generation, like leads coming in off of listings, or do you mean going out like door knocking and, you know, doing FISBOs, that type of lead generation? All the same. Think about it. So those are all the same. Now, different. I'm not saying door knocking is the same as doing an open house. I'm not saying, right. that, I'm saying door knocking is not the same as, as Zillow. But think about this for just a second. Why do consumers believe they do not need to connect with us? Um, well, there's so many of us out here <laughs> and they have all, you know the media and other outlets so they can get information from these days. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So I believe I, I agree on the first one, but they have no idea there's a lot and lots of us out there. They don't know there's 50,000 sure. licensees in big major metro areas. 
but they do believe. Oh, there's Bruce. It was Bruce who was raising his hand earlier, not Ben. No. Bruce has got himself. He's raising his I, hand and I, got himself I, muted. I, I, that I is quite a combination. I, no, 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 no. I have a response to your question. They don't, the reason why they don't think they need it is because they don't see the value yet. They don't. We see haven't, the value. we haven't shown our value to, to the people who are coming onto our sites or whatever just yet. So Denise says, I have a unique selling proposition and you need to have a unique selling proposition. Brett says, Absolutely. I am not going to let you talk negatively about this market cleave. I'm going to be positive, but I'm going to do the things that I need to do. And could it be that Brett believes he provides something? Now, listen to this, provides something that the average consumer cannot get anywhere else. Now, Bruce, there is power. And, and, and that, that's a USP in itself. That's that's his unique selling position. So we're taking a unique selling proposition or position that we use to generate business, and we're focusing on the value of lead generation. Where did Dylan go? There's Dylan. Unmute for just a second. And then, Cameron, I'll come to you in a minute. I see you've got your hand raised. Um, so, Dylan, when you as a consumer give me your information, is that... Mm -hmm basically a very vulnerable thing for you to do does that you and put you in a position that i might harass you as an agent oh, yeah. or i might not have your best interest yeah so when somebody gives you their information there is a cost involved and if all of you will just pay attention to this one concept i promise you it'll change the way you generate leads forever there is a cost involved. Dylan, I want you to give me your information. I want you to give me your name and I want you to give me the right name and I want you to give me your phone number. I want you to give me the right phone number and I want you to give me your email address and I want you to give me the right one. And sometimes for home valuation, I might want you to give me your real home address. There is a big cost to you for doing that. Mm -hmm. So if I want to get you to do it, then I need to make it worth your while. Right. I need to give you something of value that is enough to justify it. Denise, do you see how that USP that you were talking about on that on that macro level, how now we're taking it down and we're talking just about the exchange of value between a real estate agent and a consumer? Absolutely. And also when you were talking about that, I think about the risk, right? For the consumer. For the consumer, right? Ooh, yes. In this day and age, just think about it. You know, you take someone's private information and every single person on here has experienced either before or currently where that information has been used inappropriately. And so whatever medium we're doing that, whether this is door knocking and open house, whether it's online, it's through a Zillow, we're asking someone that doesn't know us yet to have an immediate trust. And as a matter of fact, the National Association of Realtors tells us that the number one uh, factor that a consumer needs is trust. And so that unique value proposition that we're talking about, we have to identify our customer's problem. And then how do we solve that in such a way that it develops trust? And think about this. We might need to do something even before we solve it. Cameron, I am sorry. I have uh, I didn't come back to you quickly. You have your hand raised. Yeah, I did. So you were talking about why would um, people sometimes not want to work with real estate agents? And this is kind of going off of what Denise was saying a little bit too. But I think that a lot of times people question the ethics of people in real estate. It's um, a business that is often not 
thought of as um, having a lot of integrity. And so I think it's really important to be able to prove people wrong based on reviews or um, even just firsthand interactions. But and it's, it's sad to acknowledge that in many cases, people who are in our profession don't necessarily have the consumer's best interest at heart. It just is the way it is sometimes. And we've all had an experience, probably many of us have had one recently with a co-op agent. And if they would just get their stupid ego out of the way, everything would be so fine. But Nicole Bostrom, I have got to get you because I've been in business 27 years and you're not going to tell me how it works. And every time we get on the phone, I'm going to say, Honey, I've been in this business for 27 years. I can tell you how whatever, blah, blah. And we've all heard that. Now, oh, go ahead. Can I lean into something real quick on that, Clee? Please. I had someone say this to me, and it. I was at, that's it. It's commission breath. If you ask consumers what do they think about us, they think we have commission breath. Everything, our motives are continually questioned about commission when the code of ethics talks about what we really are doing is putting the best interest of our clients. And so we've got to solve for that. So Cameron, I love that you said that. And when I heard that and I got that definition, I'm like, yeah, now I am more relating to what consumers are feeling about what I'm saying and how they're relating to me. I got to once again, use that unique selling proposition. I love that Julie Timms commented, bless their heart. She's the one who taught us the, the concept of commission breath. And in many cases, it's not just commission breath. You got commission all the way to the center of your soul, meaning that is what you're looking for. As you prospect, you want a commission. Dylan, let's loop you back in for just a second. We started with you and we said, hey, why do people not want to willingly give us our information? And you were saying, hey, it could be because we're not willing to work, work hard enough to go out and get it. And I totally buy that, by the way. Sometimes that's the case. But what do they need you for that they can't get somewhere else? A true education that it goes beyond just the media and, you know, a specific local, you know, somebody that's very local and knows how to uh, get the actual facts of, of this area and, and what's actually happening. I get it, but I got to sign up to work with you before I can get any of that. Mm-hmm. So what is it that they can get from you on that initial contact that they can't go to Zillow and get, that they can't go to Realtor.com, that they can't go to Rika's website and get that? And we say knowledge, but it has to be something that we're exchanging specifically right off the bat. And we have to be able to give them something. And I love this. I see relationship and all of the service and I get that, but I can't have a relationship with somebody until I can get them to talk to me. And I can't say, Nicole Bostrom, hey, your life is going to be fantastic. If you and I can just get into a relationship, everything's going to be fine because you're not going to get that. Not when we first get started. Customer service, all that stuff is so true, but I can't give them service unless I can convince them to work with me. And I can't convince them to work with me, Allison, if I can't continue to have conversations with them. <laughs> so when it comes to generating leads, Dylan, you've got to offer someone something they cannot get anywhere right. So what is it that you do as a listing agent when you're marketing your property that you and only you are able to give to buyer prospects? And by the way, if you don't sell many listings, I'll ask somebody else. But what is it that you do when it comes to marketing your properties that we, other people don't do? We do a lot of video marketing, social media, um, you know, like type of reels, um, 
beyond just, you know, just throwing on the MLS and stuff like that. And I also do a lot of aggressive uh, prospecting for them, like door knocking and, and those type of deal. Love that. Those are things you can't do for them until they list with you. Right. So I'm asking you, what do you do for your listings that we might be able to use to entice a buyer to give us our information? Holly, you, uh, Haley, you've got your hand raised. I, I think I was thinking along the terms um, of what other people are saying, but I also know that one of the great values that a seasoned realtor brings is the people they know. So I can walk into a listing and know that I've got a buyer and I can talk to a buyer, know that there's listings coming up that I know about. And I think that that knowledge, something beyond what they can do, because honestly, I think most consumers have no clue what we do. They think we throw it on the MLS, which some people do and walk away. But we bring to the table staging, um, aggressive marketing, virtual tours that they can get themselves, but maybe they don't know which one's proper for them, virtual staging, and just the time, energy, and effort we put in and our expertise. Yeah, absolutely. That is all so, so good. Denise, I was having a conversation with somebody a couple of weeks ago, and they offer an item of value on their listings. They have a sign that says, for a free report on the annual cost of ownership text this to this now you can go to zillow and get the annual cost of ownership of a home you can get the principal interest taxes and insurance but you can't get what is the lawn maintenance cost and what is the garbage cost and what is the water cost and the utilities and it's amazing how many leads they generate because they're offering in on the sign in the front yard they're offering something that people cannot get anywhere else have a client in Denver, Colorado, generally million one, actually more like Boulder area, million one, million one five price. They say they can't generate leads for their listings. And I say to you, yes, you can. I say to them, yes, you can. <clears throat> and they say, you don't understand it. We work luxury market. Denise, don't you love when somebody says that to you? And I said, well, let's do a little experimenting, Bruce. Tell me what your favorite feature is about that house. And they said, oh my gosh, it has got a fire pit in the backyard that is unbelievable. I said, great. Get a videographer to go out there, get them to shoot a video in the evening of a fire pit experience and offer that fire pit experience video via a text message rider in the front yard of the listing. So I I love will, that. It, isn't that amazing? And so, Denise, when you think about it, the reason we have a hard time generating leads is because we're trying to attract the people to give us their information by using the same stuff that everybody else in the world. Yeah. is trying to attract them with. I think about that saying, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over to get a different result. For sure, what got us to where we are right now is not going to work moving forward. I saw one recently, Cleve, that I thought was interesting. He said, uh, this home can be bought using Bitcoin. Um, right? Yeah. So, Right. That just think about that. Now look at that conversation. What type of person might be interested in knowing about Bitcoin and how to buy that property? Those are people I want to be talking to. And think about that. We could use that to generate leads because we could yes. offer a free case study report on buying a home using Bitcoin. Now I would not be capable of doing that because I don't understand anything about it. Every time somebody says Bitcoin, I start to 
get a little bit nervous because that kind of stuff makes me nervous. But yeah. that's what we're talking about. We have got to, I don't have a template for the cost of ownership record, but you don't even need a template. Just get all the little costs that go into ownership of a property and put them on a piece of paper. I've seen other people, and in many cases, we do a utility record. Yeah. Renee sure. Storms, you, you give utility records on your listings to people. You say, hey, if you can afford the principal as taxes insurance, you want to know if you can afford the utilities, and here's the utility record. What if you offered that in advance of somebody looking at the listing instead of sending it in your package after somebody schedules a showing? Absolutely. And what's really cool, so for people that are using social media, you can put that into your social media and share it through a direct message, engage them. You can use these tools in all kinds of conventional and unconventional ways. You said something, Cleve, that I want to lean into. If we aren't feeling nervous right now about what we don't know, we might need to be leaning in and learning more. Right. Because again, what we said, what got us here won't get us there. So when you find these things in your life, I don't know how to put that together. There are so that's why it's so critical. The team that you have around you from your franchise, brokerage leaders, other industry people that you can lean in. Hey, I want to do this. What do you think? You are not on an island. You do not need to do this alone. It's and a partnership. <laughs> And if we offer the annual cost of ownership, we could just call the sellers and say, hey, do me a favor, type out a Word document, put annual cost of ownership in, in the address of your property and just put all the cost, the monthly cost for owning, owning your home. And that could be a powerful way to generate leads. Anybody right now thinking about a creative way to generate leads in today's market using your listings and giving people information they can't get other places? We see Jeremy Zucker says you can do a QR, QR code to a lead page and they can put in information. Yeah. You can do a QR code where they go to a landing page, they're putting their information and then you send them the co annual cost of ownership. Who's got some good ideas? Nicole Bostrom, you always have good ideas. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many different things that you can do. You just have to think them through and think about if you were the buyer, what would entice you to do something? And when you flip that hat on, and you think, I mean, realtors are the hardest people to get a hold of. And that's the reality of the situation. We usually don't answer the phone if we don't know who it is. And that's why we save everybody in our phones. Um, and so to get me to answer the phone or to get me to engage is a pretty hard thing. So I have to think about what would I want? What would entice me? And then when you reframe it that way, usually you can come up with some pretty good ideas. I don't know if everybody saw this, but Brittany says $250 in free tacos. Now I would give you my information for that. I would give you my information for that. I if, would. I mean, if, Taco Tuesday, let's do that. Absolutely. I'd want the $250 worth of tacos just for registering, but it's good. Let me tell you what I heard somebody else doing, Allison, that is absolutely brilliant, is they have the seller complete a form that is called Our Home and Neighborhood, which is really the seller just telling what they liked most about the neighborhood, about the amenities, about the family room, about the master bedroom, about the backyard. It just gives the seller an opportunity. By the way, it's a great thing to do when you're going on a listing appointment, because once you understand what they love most about the house, if you'll just love it too, then they'll believe you love their house the way they do. But they offered and they said for a list of the seller's favorite things about living in this home, text this to this. Now, see, that's powerful. Patrick, I saw you nodding your head. That is powerful stuff. And it is designed to get people to be willing to give you the information. Now, I think I, one thing, Cleve, on that too, yes. into uh, learn about the community and neighborhood. 
So they're driving through, they've seen the house, but when we think about the purchase, we think about community neighborhood home. And so through the MLS or on Zillow, you're going to learn everything about the home, but who's educating them on what's available in the community, who's educating in the neighborhood. And these are things that are going to cause people to take action. For a neighborhood amenities report. Call this number or text this to that. There is no limit to the number of ideas that you can come up with. Alicia, let me ask you a question. Does this concept of value exchange make sense to you? Absolutely. You've got to get the people to engage. Um, you know, I think they're all almost just standing still in fear a little bit, mm -hmm. um, seeing it even with, with agents. So I think, yeah, doing something different, um, We've tried a few different things over the years of different, uh, not trying to give away our listing presentation, but some of the benefits of, you know, that we have inside of our listing presentation is some, some marketing, like professional photography, drone footage. Um, we have a, a, you know, special proven method to sell your home. Contact us to find out what it is because we have a very step-by-step -step process that we do. Um, so yeah, it, to it totally makes sense. You got to reach people in new ways because everybody's gets doing the same stuff right now. Absolutely. As you thought about talked about photos, I was thinking, what if you held back two or three unique photos that they could only get from you if they texted for those photos? Do I like that? Three unique photos not available in the listing. Text this and do here. Denise, I can see this has got you just chugging along. It has got your brain just churning and churning and churning. Oh, love that. I love that. Anything else you want to share? I do have to mention, we just got a comment from Liz Morrison. Liz Morrison and I are on the same team together, and I'm so glad that she is here. And she says that you can provide uh, uh, school ratings for the neighborhood. In many cases, they can get them uh, on great schools and places like that. But in some cases, they're not all of the information they need. So give me a thumbs up if you plan to look at lead generation differently moving forward. Do I see everybody? Darren, we can't move on until I see a thumbs up from you two. There he goes. There you go. <laughs> Darren's like, dang, why is he looking at me? Why is he looking at me? Because <laughs> he, he's on page one. You need to scan to page two, three to start picking on some other people, right? Yep. So I was I was looking at some research done by a psychologist. Um, I need to be examined by a psychologist, but I was reading uh, some research by a psychologist and the research says that the reasons our emotions are so powerful is that our emotions are stored in the same place in our brain that our memories of being hurt or pain. They're stored in the same spot. So when we started this webinar, we said, what is the rating on a scale of one to 10 of the average consumer? What is the rating on a scale of one to 10 of the average agent? We all agree that the mindset of the average agent needs to come up because it's our responsibility to pull the consumer up with us. But it all starts by acknowledging where the consumer is. So if they're scared of interest rates, Acknowledge it makes sense to be scared of interest rates and provide them a solution to that problem. That is what's called threat-based marketing. Denise, if we put people in a list and we said, how many people do you think are worried about increasing interest rates in today's market? What percentage of the buyers would you say are worried? 90 to 95%. I mean, just they are worried that it is in their thought process. 
And, you know, it, it might be slightly lower than that in some areas, uh, areas that are heavy in cash, those type of things that don't have as much impact. But I'm going to say it's way up in that 80, 90% of people that have a concern. It may not stop them, but they are, they are concerned about what's happening. Yeah, love it. Alicia, you've got a comment? Yeah, we have started. So we work with a, uh, a mortgage broker who we worked with for years and they, they're awesome. And we've kind of started leaning into them to help educate buyers who are scared because they're very good at crunching the numbers. And they also track, uh, I don't know how they track, but they do. And they'll track when it rates drop, they go when it might be a good time for them to refinance and they reach out and say, hey, look, we closed it at this rate. It, this might make sense and run the numbers. Um, and a lot of buyers have really liked that because they don't feel like they have to sit there and just micromanage what rates are doing. They've got a mortgage professional looking out for them. And then he circumvents them back to us. I love that. And you say, we've got somebody that's going to take care of your interest in that regard. So let's keep our lines of communication open because that's all you want is for them not to shut down the lines of communication. How many of you, raise your hand if you've heard about the Workman Success Systems programs called the shift that have been being released over the last month? All right. So that's a good percentage of the people on there. Well, most of you probably, many of you might not have seen the latest item of the shift that was released. The shift is all about successful strategies for a changing market. It's about how do we meet people where they are? And then how do we offer them solutions that are designed to solve whatever problem they think they have? Now, I want for each one of you, I want you to be able to get this and you can do it now if you want to, you can scan this QR code because we're going to give you, if you're attending today's webinar, a free preview, if you will, of our latest module, threat module, which is called Discount Points rate reduction. Notice there's also a little document right here that's called value exchange and lead generation. The concept of giving value so that you can generate leads. This is a story so that you get an understanding of how someone decided to give value differently in terms of doing open houses and how they started generating leads. But we're going to give you the discount point rate reduction. So make sure you stay on till the end so you can actually get a copy of that. Denise. Yes. When you have a unique selling proposition, when you understand how to apply that big concept to the little uh, small exchange that takes place in lead generation, okay. and when, when, when you start to apply that to the lead generation, you need to follow a success formula for the number of activities that you need to do in order to generate business. Uh, most of you who are working successes and clients, you are aware of what's called daily of what's called daily success habits. I'm going to pull up real quickly this on the screen, uh, Denise, so people can see what daily success habits are. Let's talk about those. Now, you've been a workman coaching client for three, four, five years. Three years. And I would assume the daily success habits tracker is something that is very, very important to the overall success of your team. 100%. Good. Tell us about it. So the first thing when I, I think about the daily success habits, what I want to acknowledge is that real estate is a target rich environment, that every single person is going to have a housing need. Now, what we want to do when we are doing real estate, we want to play popcorn real estate. It happens right now. Burl talks about Pop-Tart real estate. It happens right now. I get to do the business currently. 
And that is where we've operated from. And uh, I think it was uh, Cameron that maybe was talking about that um, I'm going to have to do some things different than what I did before. Um, because before, if you go back 90 days ago, even look, you put a house on the market, you price it, you put a sign on it, you pray it's done. And that's how most people have been used to doing business. I love that. Just a short prayer and it's all done. I love it's it. It's all done. <laughs> right. And there's some places that's still happening a little bit, but we, it is about putting predictable measures in uh, your business question for you. How many of you want to build a business that's going to thrive in any economic environment, any economic environment, right? So we don't want to just do something that's going to win in one, but we want to build a business that will last decades. And that really could be proof to um, what we could maybe do in a retirement plan. And that is done through daily success habits. And when you look at this daily success habits, I want you to see a menu a menu of activities and write this down, money-making activities. M-M-A, M-M-A, baby, all the way. And so some of you that aren't within Workmen, you might know these as KPIs. But what we've identified is the formula, the formula of activities that needs to happen in order to get an actual closing. Cleve, what's that number? So it depends. The last research that I ran, somebody needed 309 okay. overall total points in order to get a closing. Okay. So 309 is the number we're going to use right now. That number shifts. What I want you each to know is to know your numbers. Yeah. How many of you would like to work less and make more money? Anyone? Only me? Alicia, come on. I know you want to work less, make more money. The key is right here in these daily success habits. 309 activities based on what Cleve is saying. And so when I take a look and I go through there, there are four components here that I really want to point out to you. The first is your activity tracker. And this is the predictability of how I am going to uh, go throughout my day. Now, trust me, it's a guide. There's times that you get off track, but because it's in writing, and if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. It's in writing my schedule. If I get off, I get to get back on, right? Just because you get off for 30 minutes or an hour a day does not mean you go to lunch and don't come back to work. It means you go to lunch, come back and get right back on your schedule. You don't go back and try and figure out what you didn't do. You just get back on schedule. And then it is to document what actually happened. And that's where the 61 points come in. <clears throat> Excuse me. We recommend that you print this out. We recommend that you use your app. But we recommend that this is something that we move through the day. Do not wait till the end of the day. So in my time blocking, if it's nine to 12 that I'm doing, and I like to call it lead conversion, I get people talk about prospecting, but I don't know about you. I want these calls to actually mean something. Yes. Right. So like let's, let's start talking about lead conversion in that three hours. These were the money making activities that led to me actually having a significant conversation about real estate that led to a appointment. Mm hmm. And if you just thought about this, that I stop my day when I generate one lead, that's the end of the day for me. Or I stop my day when I do two, 
And we believe if you had 25 leads every single month, Cleve, what's going to happen to your business? It's going to explode. The reality is 25 leads coming in every month will give you one closing from that lead flow. You'll probably get another closing from your top 50, your sphere of influence, past clients, things like that. That's a 24 a year closing business. So Denise, we have to have a conversation about that. It sounds like you're saying, and I'm sure there's some people going, okay, wait a minute. We're talking about value exchange. Now we're talking about daily success habits. How in the world did we make this transition from, hey, you got to provide value in order to generate leads to daily success habits? Meaning if you don't do the right prospecting activities, you're not going to get the income you want to get. That's just the way it works. And Cameron, I'm going to have to be honest with you. Every time I have to start tracking my daily success habits, makes me very sad. Makes me very sad because I don't do a lot of the things I need to do. Now, I'm fortunate I've been in real estate forever, but the reality is, Cameron, if I got serious about getting 61 points on a daily basis or whenever I could, my business would probably explode. Oh, it wouldn't probably explode. It would explode. Well, I'm just trying to, I'm trying not <laughs> to be too egotistical about it, but think about this. If you want to be encouraged to make more phone calls, Rika, you have to have something that is unique to offer the people you're calling. Yes. So once you have something, Dylan, that makes you motivated to call these people because you want to give them something specific. And if you don't mind, Alicia, unmute. I'm going to bring you back in here for just a second. Because as, as you mentioned, you said to me, Cleve, we've got a lender who's on top of this stuff. They'll give the consumers all the different options, all the different this, all the different that. How do we turn that into a reason to call people in the first place? Get your lender to produce a small, a one-page document that gives four ways to reduce your interest rate by two points. And when you call somebody and they are working through that, just something I thought about as you were talking about it, because you're so on top of it and you're doing everything you need to do in order to help the consumer, but it doesn't mean we're having the right conversations to get them to keep talking to you. And that's what I'm worried about is how do we get them to keep talking to you on a regular basis? And so come up with that free offering. Can you imagine saying, hey, Alicia, Cleve Gaddis calling from the Parker Group. Uh, just wanted to let you know, uh, a lot of people are looking to move forward buying a house, but some people are scared, uh, you know, due to the interest rates. And so we prepared a free report from our lender that gives you four different ways to save up to 2% on your interest rate. I'm just making that up, by the way. But can you Well, it's offering different products, too. Yeah. I think that's part of what they've started doing is expanding their product line and lenders. Yes. And, and people have more options where the average, I have a mortgage background, Scott. So what I know yeah. there, too, is the average consumer has no idea outside of a 30 year fixed. And it's, there's different products that maybe aren't right for everybody, but might be right to get, you know, a handful more buyers in a house. Right. Remember Alicia, don't focus on what you're going to actually do to help the consumer focus on what you're going to do to keep the conversations going. I love where you're going. And I believe somebody that is signing up working for you, they're going to be in very, very good hands. And I appreciate that, but it's really all about keeping the conversations going. So Denise, yeah. If you want to activate the number of DSH points that you get, you need to have a reason to call. Absolutely. And the reason for calling must be altruistic. It must be that we will serve regardless of the opportunity. So Alicia, I'm going to give you this free report and tell you what you need to do. Even if you decide you don't want to work with us, I'm going to still give it to you for free. No cost, no obligation. It changes the nature of everything. So Nicole Bostrom, when I call you, and I'm prospecting you and you reject me, I do not feel sorry for myself. 
I feel sorry for you. Absolutely. And see, that changes the nature of everything because Haley, in many cases, we follow up with people. And as we get rejected, we feel sorry for ourselves. We're like, oh, I don't want to do this. And, you know, and I, I sometimes when I used to make follow-up phone calls, Nate, I would say to myself, if these people had any idea who they were talking to, they wouldn't be as rude as they are to me. But the reality is they do not care. And there's no way for me to make them care until I can get them to have conversations with me long enough to move things in the right direction. So we have a program, Alicia, called Discount Point Rate Reduction. It is the story of self-discovery of an agent and a buyer. The buyer decides he can't move forward. The lender says it's because of the interest rate. The buyer says to the agent, man, I wish there was a way to decrease interest rates. This agent had studied discount points and knew exactly how much you had to pay in order to buy down the rate. And so she gave him the information. She actually had a spreadsheet that she pulled up and she typed in the purchase price, the down payment, the current rate, how much the rate was with one point, two points, three points discount. And the spreadsheet spit out all the different numbers. And the buyer decides, hey, I'm ready to move forward now. I want us to all be clear. I'm not saying, Allison, under any circumstances that if you show somebody a path for moving forward, that they are going to move forward. Not saying that because in some cases you'll give them the information and they'll still decide not to move forward. But what I'm telling you is this. In today's world, we must stop. And Denise, you let me know if you agree with this or not. We must stop looking for people who need to buy or sell houses and start looking for people who need to sell or buy a house, but feel stuck. We need to look for people who want to do something, but don't believe they can. Because Brett, when you think about it, those people are way easier to find. Just pick up your phone and start texting again, Brett, and I'll start talking to you again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, but Denise, doesn't that make sense? We got to be looking for people who want to sell or buy, but don't believe they can move forward and do that. I love that. And I would lean in slightly. Um, I'm at the end of this call, I'm going to be teaching the code of ethics and there we, in the code of ethics of the national association of realtors over a hundred year document, we talk about a moral compass, a moral compass that if we don't want Zillow to replace us, then we, that value proposition to say, um, I got to get out of bed. I got to pick up the phone because there's people literally at risk that with this information of this interest rate reduction would find the way to move forward for their families. And so sometimes I, I got to just have a real conversation about with myself about why is it that I'm doing lead generation, prospecting, conversion. And it is about that promise that I made to consumers. And that is so powerful. And when you are so purposeful and you have an altruistic bent on what you're doing, it is the secret sauce. It is the magic because when you have four times as many people who want to do business with you, you don't have to be the best at converting them in order to do good business. But in many cases, we're, we're sitting around. That? What's that? You should, but 
totally, totally, totally. You should convert as many as you can. My point is, is that for many of us, the numbers are not in our favor, and that's the problem. Denise, what was it that made you? I had a question, by the way. How do I get access to the Workman Success Systems app? That is for Workman Success Systems private clients, and you would just go to the app store and type in Workman Success Systems. You can download it, and you sign in using your same sign-in for Workbench that is available for all private coaching clients. Denise, what made you decide? I When I got into coaching, I toyed with it and circled around it and thought about it and talked about it and, and, and fretted about it for three or four years. And I wish to heck that I would have signed up for coaching earlier. In fact, I had to be almost um, embarrassed by people around me because I had committed to signing up for coaching. And somebody said, did you sign up? You said you were going to do it on January the 1st. And I lied to them. I said, yes, I had already signed up. And I immediately went up to my bedroom and I called the number and I said, hey, I need to sign up for coaching. And my coach was Verl Workman. And I'm going to be honest with you, being involved in a private coaching relationship with, with him was not the most pleasant thing I've ever been involved in because he continually found where I was falling short. Alicia, he was saying, you said you were going to do this. You did this. There's a gap right here, and we need to fill in that gap. And to be honest with you, I don't need any help, Allison, feeling badly about myself. I can do that all by myself. They did that to me at Broker Owner. I was like, okay, they, yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. I had an enlightenment and signed on the dotted line, uh, and so right it, is, it is so powerful. Denise, what got you into coaching? Yeah, I think uh, I think about this all the time, talking to people that care about things that matter. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about uh, the circle of people around me, I that's full. I have a lot of really incredible people that have that relationship, but that relationship was not moving forward my business at the speed that I wanted to. And honestly, I had just gotten a big opportunity, uh, signed a, a major contract, and I thought I could do it myself. I really did. And then I see that big, oh, how many of us think we can do it ourselves? Me? And look, I'm an incredible coach. I can coach from the outside, but when I'm in the forest, I can't see it. And when I, um, I had a conversation with Christy Buck, and I laid out the best plan and story you could imagine. And she was brave enough to say, it doesn't scale. You can't do that. And she cared that much that it caused me to go up. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking she doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. Don't you know I'm a top 1% agent? Don't you know you need more information? But the truth is when I had that honest conversation, I got to see that I'm not capable of seeing my own gaps. I need someone to bring a spotlight in. And I had big goals. And uh, I made a three-year commitment. And that three-year commitment was the best decision because it's a process. It's a journey. And a lot of my journey was around um, building a business that would not require me to sell my soul. And as we move into this new market, there is a way to do it I know we talk about, we have to do more activities. I get that really, we just need to have more impact. And so I need to be with people that um, we share those values, but I need a coach that can um, bring light to my gaps and to my darkness. And so that's why I finally made that decision. It wasn't about where I was, but where I wanted to be in that journey. 
It's amazing. I read some research recently, and these are people who have gone through our coaching program who are in the process of becoming coaches. In the first year, they grow their business, their revenue by 64%. Average business in the U.S. grows 2 to 8% a year. In the third year, they've grown their business by 147%. And in the fifth year, 240%. I'm not trying to get anybody to sign up for private coaching who's not ready. But what I'm telling you is when you are ready, you need to go to workmansuccess.com. You can click on, you can forward slash crush the market. You can get the download of our daily success habits. You can get the discount points, price reduction story. That's only available for private coaching clients. The value exchange and lead generation only available for private coaching clients. And you'll get the actual spreadsheet that goes with the discount point rate reduction system. And you can get it all for free. Absolutely no obligation whatsoever. Denise, as we close out, I want you to talk about the importance of being a leader in today's world and not a follower. And unfortunately, we've only got about one minute left. So knock it out of the park. Yeah, when we think about leadership, leadership is getting other people to do what you want for their reasons. And so as we begin to get into this marketplace and we begin to lean in and use these concepts, not as lead generation, but opportunity to serve before, right? And so as we start to think about this, I want you to think about um, understanding and giving people the right to be exactly where they are. That's leadership. And knowing these great questions that I can become curious and ask and dig in and lean in so I can understand why they want this, why now? And I can stand with them, lock arms and use predictable systems of education to get them just to take one step. It's just progress. Whether it's coaching or whether it is working with a buyer or seller, it's about them taking the risk that will be required for them to become the people that get to have the dreams that they deserve. That is so powerful. If you want to download all the free resources from today, go to workmansuccess.com forward slash crush the market. I will put this back up here one second. So if you need to get that QR code, you can uh, use it. Go download the free resources, figure out how to put it to use in your business. I hope that every single person who attended today, Denise Kemp, comes away with at least one thing they can put to use in their business today. There are basically three types of people. There are people who attend a webinar and assume they know everything and they go back to life and start doing things the way they did before uh, they came to the webinar. There are people who come to the webinar and say, hey, I already know that. I haven't heard anything new, but the reality is they're not necessarily living that way. If you're in that group, I say, hey, change what you're doing on a daily basis because it will be helpful to you. And then there's that third group. That's that third group who accepts what they've heard as if it is the truth and puts it in practice in their business. And it's that third group that tends to get the most growth and the most benefit from something like this. We kept you on one minute too long. Thank you so much for being here. We hope you got something out of it and happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Hey, go take massive action. Happy Thanksgiving. Peace out. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.